This is the Blue Cloud Podcast, empowering the entrepreneurial lifestyle with insights on the leading trends in the mobile and digital landscape, turning ideas to empires. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Cloud Podcast. This is Carter Thomas of Blue Cloud Solutions. Got a special treat for you today. I've got a great interview with my buddy Paxton Hare, who is a fellow Blue Cloud community member. And I've been talking to a lot of these recent success stories about the emoji stuff. We've got a new emoji course coming out. If you haven't heard about it yet, you should definitely go to the website, bluecloudsolutions.com forward slash emoji course. Go check that out. You can see you can get a part of this new launch. But what's great about a guy like Paxton is that he's been a developer for a, a lot of years now. And he's even tried building a few apps uh, here and there and getting a few apps in the store, some of which have been less successful than others, I will say. But what's great is that he recently took some of the Blue Cloud trainings and applied that uh, and worked really, really hard and eventually got an app into the store that he quickly moved up to number one in the entire entertainment category. Now, there's a lot to this story, a lot of really incredible moves that he made with market research, with building a great product, with understanding how Facebook ads work, and I'll let Paxton do that explanation. But if you are a developer out there, and if you ever released an app that didn't go the way you wanted it to, and if you've ever wondered if, man, should I keep going or should I stop now, this is a great conversation for you to listen to. I'm really excited about that. Paxton is a terrific terrific guy. He's really, really talented, very humble, and he's been helping people out in our community, in our Facebook group, which has been unbelievable to see him do that. And so my hat is off to him for for all that help. And so I'm going to let Paxton take it from here. He's a great guy, and I'm really fortunate that uh, we can share this conversation with you guys. So ladies and gentlemen, Paxton Hare. Learn, implement, succeed. The Blue Cloud Podcast with Carter Thomas. Paxton, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Carter. This is great. And uh, are you calling? Where are you calling from? Are you in California? Is that right? I'm, I'm in Florida. Florida. Why did? I th- oh, because you were visiting California, right? I was visiting California, uh, California two weeks ago. Yeah. That's right. Okay, Florida. All right. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing that post. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, thanks. It's cool. So I saw you um, just to set the. How, how we came in, in contact, uh, I would say, what, like a month and a half ago, two months ago, I saw you post in our Facebook group that you were really stoked about uh, just completely selflessly helping anybody that needed advice. And you totally backed that up and just, and just broke that down and said, all right, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I'm a developer. I can I'm do my best to help you. What was the what, what was the response? What happened once you uh, started? What you said that in the group? Well, but actually, what, what before I answer that, what caused me to say that is I had watched a uh, um, a little um, video that you'd done, and, and you said, you know, if if people would just follow this one piece of advice, I think that they would see a vast improvement in their lives. And you mentioned that you know, just give to somebody uh, if, if you're stuck or whatever, you know, you you don't have something to do right now, just volunteer to help somebody so i said you know what he's right i I, i've never i'm the guy that's always lurking i'm never posting i'm never sharing my knowledge so i said you know what i'm just gonna help so yeah when i posted uh in the forum i I 
like within minutes, you know, had uh, multiple uh, Facebook messengers, you know, hey, hey, I got questions. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't as overwhelming as I thought it was going to be. Um, some people asked more than others. Um, you know, like I, I helped one guy, um, you know, upload some apps to the to the store because he had lost his computer. And, and it was, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't any big deal for me to do that. Um, I even ended up making some code changes for him on one of his templates. Um, but yeah, I think the overwhelming response was that people did reach out to me. I made some contacts and, um, you know, it just, just made me feel better that I, I was actually helping and sharing some knowledge. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I was, we were just talking earlier, but I can definitely tell you that there's been a number of people that have said how much it's helped, helped them and, uh, you know, how it inspired them to, to see you, see you post that. So, uh, super cool. And it was definitely, definitely really inspiring to, to see you doing that. You have been a developer for a while now. Um, what, what have you, have you been in the app developer space? Have you been other developer? How did you get into the app stuff? So I, I've, I've been developing my whole professional career about 20 years now, and um, I've got into the app space around 2010, and that was just kind of on the side, you know, hey, this looks cool, and I was making some um, simple little kid games, you know, just the little fun games for uh, kids to download. My first first game actually was called Goo Goo Zoo, and it was, um, you know, it's just a bunch of little animals, and, and you poke them, and they make a noise. And, and I tried to make it cute and funny, so they did silly little things, you know, so that when a little kid plays it, they'll, they'll at least laugh because, you know, there's a panda bear that it has a pacifier, and it would fall out of its mouth and cry, and just little silly things like that. And, um, yeah, that was my, my first foray into the App Store back in, 2010 and i think uh that was a pretty big flop i think i worked on that code uh for about six months and i did the artwork myself and uh learned a lot about making art but after about six months of effort i think you know grand total i think that app over like the, the next two or three years that app made about six hundred dollars so you know that's uh that's like really really bad wages <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough. That's a tough ROI to be. Uh, yeah, uh, really, really negative ROI. <laughs> and so, uh, what kind of programming were you doing leading up to uh, the the Google Zoo first app? Yeah, that's uh, it's all over the map. I've worked, um, I've worked for a systems integrator, um, doing like government contract stuff for a long time. Uh, so I've done everything from full stack development to. Um, like programming hardware boards that, you know, the bit level programming on, on, you know, actual devices. Um, and then all the way up to working for a database company where I write, uh, in weird, obscure languages that no one's heard of. Yeah. Right on. I love it. I, I was, um, talking to someone the other day about how, when I first, like actually before my own, my first, uh, app project, that alpha combat project, I would work with a a database programmer who was a similar story. He he could kind of code anything you asked him to, and uh, it was he had, he was just kind of getting into the app business. But he wasn't really sure about some of the marketing and the design stuff. And I wouldn't really know anything about apps then either. And it was um, it was amazing to look back on that and to think about like what I was looking at with the app store in 2010 as why it was exciting. Like I saw something that was 
you know, there was money to be made and there was all this potential that I was thinking about. And he was looking at it as this whole new playground to build new stuff in. Mm-hmm. And that there was all this new cool things that he could do. How did apps or what did apps mean to you as a developer? Did it, did it pull you one way or the other? Was it more creative? Was it more financially driven? What was exciting about it? It was mostly the, uh, you know, just the um, creative aspects because I was doing my own art. I was writing the code and then I was putting the game in hands of actual children and watching them play it and say, wow, this, this is awesome. Like they like it. They're having fun with it. And obviously, yeah, it would have been awesome if I'd made some money at it. And that was kind of a hope, but you know, coming at it from a developer with no marketing skills and, and it it just, it didn't work out that way. And I think that, uh, you know, it took many, many years of failing until, uh, I finally landed on, on, uh, you know, your website and, and started reading your stuff and then signing up that I realized, you know, this guy has a point, you know, I, I can, I can, code somebody's socks off all day long but that that's not going to make me successful you know that's at the end of the day that's not what is going to get me you know a decent income at this or anything so yeah it was definitely more just a hobby and and a passion Mm, yeah right on between 2010 uh and 2000 and let's say 16 when you know you you started getting into the the marketing side of it what was what was your app portfolio doing? Were you still producing games? Or did you expand on that? So I, I created the uh, the Guguzu game, and then I followed that up with um, a dress-up game. It's called Baby Owl's Dress-Up, and you have a little baby owlet, and you put clothes on it. And uh, it's, it's a little bit more advanced than the other game. I, I made it with Unity, so I was just kind of learning new stuff. Um, the The one that actually made me the most money over that time frame was a um, like a soundboard fart type noise app and uh, I, I made that because um, it's been all this time on this Google zoo thing and it you know didn't make much money and then I, uh, I looked at the charts one day and I saw that uh, you know some sound machine app was you know top of the charts and I told my wife I'm like man this sucks like you know this is a fart app and it's doing so much better I put my heart into this thing and so I said screw it I'm making a fart app tonight and I'm going to see how it does and <laughs> I made made a fart app that very night and then I uploaded it and it actually at one point in time was making a couple hundred bucks a month uh, and that didn't last forever and it was it was all ad uh, ad revenue I think I was using RevMob and this was back in like 2012 or something and um and uh, I had actually discovered your blog back then because I know you were you were uh, touting RevMob RevMob at one point and uh, I put it in there and then sure enough you know it was doing okay um, you know that's that's not too bad considering I'd you know made that much in the lifetime of the other app so hmm. yeah it, it, that's that was the the bigger success there and I thought oh this is great you know this is making money and I thought I'm going to reskin this so I reskinned it six ways to Sunday, but I wasn't doing any type of audience research or really knowing my audience. And so I just made up some stuff. Like I did a pirate themed one and I did a, uh, um, like a gangsta themed one with, uh, you know, gunshots or something. It was silly. And, uh, and those just flopped the, the original one did okay, but the others flopped. So, you know, I, I kind of got my hand in reskinning a little bit there. I think that that is, you know, in, in true reskinning format, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of the business model was don't waste your time on market research. Like, 
just just get it in the store and and put it in front of advertisers and you know ride the ride the volume the app store volume as much as you can yeah and uh you know that's for it is what it is uh it's interesting to to hear that because you know obviously you know fart apps probably not how we want to make like leave our legacy like oh that's nope, a fart app guy. not at all you know oh that was a gagnum app style <laughs> gagnum style app guy yeah but, um <laughs> I guess I'll ask you the question. How did you decide on the first two games? So the, the, the zoo game and then also the dress-up game. How did you come up with those to begin with? Well, so um, my my kid was playing a bunch of little kid games at the time. Um, there was the, the one that was kind of like, it, it, it was always one of the top of like the mommy blogs. And, you know, when you're looking at games for kids, it was called peekaboo barn and uh i think it's by night and day studios and and those guys were like you know first day out on the app store right this app was one of the first ones and so um it was so simple i mean it's like this little barn and you poke the door and it opens up and a little chicken will make a noise and it says chicken or cow or whatever and my my kid loved it so i was like you know i can do this and that's kind of where i started um it was a combination of, you know, this is something I can give to my kid to play, and it's, um, you know, it's easy for me to do. And the artwork was very simple, and I'm no artist, so it was it was a good entry for me to learn how to do the artwork. Uh, that's kind of where I started. And then for the next one, it was kind of just more of the same, the, the baby owl and the dressing it up. I mean, that's it was similar style. Like, I drew vectors and illustrator, and then, um, you know, just kind of pieced it together in Unity and... It uh, it was just a little bit more advanced in that there was a dress-up component to it. And then interactive in that each little scene the owl was in, you could poke on, like there's a firefighter scene, and you can poke the fire truck and shoot water out of it. And, you know, it, it just was a little bit more of upping the game. Hmm. Yeah, what was in, what's interesting in a lot of ways, or for me at least looking back, is that often... The pe- there's so many people that I work, you know, that email me, that I talk to, that have an idea, right? Like, who doesn't have an idea for the app business? And it's based on their own, you know, subjective viewpoint of the world. And they say, oh, you know, I'm I'm working in the sales office, and everybody just needs this one thing. I gotta build, like, I can transform the sales industry. And you know, it's not really an objective market research. It's more of a, oh, I just know a lot of people, and in my world, this is everything. And then I think in 2011 to 2014, it, it, it became very apparent that actually, well, if you go and you look in the app store, you can you can find truly winning ideas. Uh, and that's where the reskinning and the ASO really came through and, and got people a lot, of, uh, a lot of success. And then I think now we're starting to see a third more natural marketing uh, evolution where it's okay <clears throat> the app store volume yeah that's that's great and you know maybe once in a while you hit that but that's not really a strategy and the idea thing is okay you know these ideas may be able to work but let's find a way to validate this in the in the world markets right like let's get out of right. the app store and go look at what's what's popular out in the in the world like who actually cares about this how big is your audience and that's what gets me really excited. I, I, I'm, I've been waiting a long time for something like this to happen. And I'm always interested to hear people's stories like yours because uh, it helps me put the pieces together about like, all right, well, 
what, what, what would I have, like, I try to think back to what it was like when it, in 2012 and what decisions I was making so that now that I'm here in 2017, uh, we can all make more informed decisions knowing what happened in the past and, and look at other markets uh, similar to that. Mm-hmm. With, uh, so that's, that, uh, after the FART app, apps continue and fast forward to um, how, like let's say 2016. How did you go from beginning of 2016 to creating uh, an emoji app? Well, I had, I had all but given up by the end of 2015. I mean, just, you know, this isn't working. And in 2016, I don't, it was, I think right after the new year, I, I don't know what happened or why I don't remember the circumstances, but I ended up on your blog again. And I would kind of been following your blog post over the years and, 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 you know, every now and then I'd read one and, um, and, and, you know, I, I'd signed up for these entrepreneurial, um, you know, info things before. And I'm like, you know, I, I, this looks awesome, but I'm like, man, I, I just can't justify it because I've, you know, I've, I've tried this stuff before and I just, I never follow through. And, uh, for whatever reason you had, you had a deal where I could sign up and, and get on your Facebook group and, um, and, you know, some a small monthly fee. And I said, I'm just going to try it, whatever. So I did it. And then it was like a fire hose of knowledge. I just, I went, I actually went scrolled back to the beginning of when you started the Facebook group and I just started reading everything I could. And I mean, I was like addicted to it and it started getting me excited again. And, um, so I just kind of lurked around and, and read and, and just kept reading stuff. And, and, you know, you had modules that um, you could do and stuff. And so I, I just followed along like that for the better part of last year. And then um, I know somewhere around uh, August, September, October, I thought, you know, I'm going to try this again. I, I really need to just refocus. I mean, I've been, I've been focusing it from the wrong angle. I've been looking at it as a developer thinking, oh, I make something awesome. People are going to want it. But that's not necessarily true. I, I never vetted my ideas. You know, and like you said, make sure that it's a winning idea. Uh, and I haven't done that. And so um, I ended up buying your, um, uh, your, your course that gives you, um, you, you sell some reskins with it. And, and I did it primarily because I wanted your emoji template. And that's because I had seen some people on your, you know, on the Blue Cloud group had been having success with emojis. And I thought, man, that's an easy barrier to entry. Um, I think at the time you were talking about influencers and how they can help you sell. And I, I had what I thought was a decent idea for an influencer. And so I said, okay, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to reach out to some influencers. I'm going to get this emoji template and I'm totally going to start making emoji apps for big influencers. Um, of course I reached out to some influencers and it was crickets, like nothing. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, that discouraged me again. I'm like, Oh, this stuff, man, that sucks. And then it was uh, right around mid October. You did a webinar on, um, Facebook ads and I, uh, I signed up and watched it and, the whole thing just like lit off light bulbs because, you know, in the, in the thing you're talking about, right, like you can control the traffic to the app store with Facebook ads. You're not relying on their proprietary ranking other algorithm anymore. And you showed how to use the uh, Facebook audience tool to really just get in there and analyze your audience. And I mean, I just soaked it up like a sponge and I mean, just started the wheels turning. And so that was October. And then, um, it was like November went by, and then uh, December I said, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm just 
I'm going to finally commit to it. So over the uh, holiday break, I uh, or actually before that, I started researching, and I and I said, you know, in your video, you you had showed how you did a, a I think a golden retriever app, and I'm like, you know, that's a good test subject. I'll I'll just start with a dog too. Why not? I'll just just copy off Carter. Why not? So um, so I went and uh, I said, all right, I need to pick a dog, and my uh, my mother-in-law happens to love dachshunds, and um, I know that like. When I say love, I mean like absolutely obsessed with them, and like everything in her house is like has a dachshund on it. It's like you know little statues, little posters, calendar. It's, it's the whole house. It's, it's like you can't get away from these things. And I'm like, I know that she is passionate about this stuff. Let me let me do some research on this audience. And so I just started digging into it, and you know it was a really big audience. And I thought, okay, this will this will work. And um, you know, the more I started digging in, the, the more I felt confident that you know this is a pretty pretty passionate audience with a huge following. And so then I, I took some of your advice from your webinar, and I actually went through and I started. I said I need a list of emojis, right? Which, which ones am I going to actually have in my app? So I went through all the comments, like on these Facebook groups that the people belong to, and I read all of their posts and when I all skimmed them and said, okay, which emojis are they using? Right, every day when they do this stuff, and so that's how I selected like the top ten or so that I was going to make sure were in my app, and and the one that I ended up with that's like the most prominent on any of the forums was the one with the heart eyeballs. Mm. So that's that's my app icon because I knew that that one resonated with the audience. That's and so uh, good, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of how I got into it. it was you know long winded story, but followed you and then just was inspired to try it. No, I th- I think that that is. Uh, you know, in a, in a, that's why I think reskinning was so great, uh, or I should say old school reskinning back in 2013 is because it was like, do exactly what I'm doing. Like, don't, don't try to make a new app. Just, just do this, t- change a little bit and get it in the store. And I wish that, uh, that, that was more people did do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I think every dog breed in the world or cat breed or whatever people want to do. Uh, and so it's great. I also think it's great when you have something or somebody that you can immediately say, I know who this ideal person is, right? So I think it was your aunt, you said, or uh, mother-in-law, mother-in-law. Uh, she, you can just, you can picture her. And as soon as you picture that person, all of a sudden you're like, all right, I, 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 I know who this app, who would freak out if I showed them this app. And that can really help drive a lot of the, a lot of the research. And and uh, I think that not, uh, maybe it's just because I'm a nerd out marketer, but I, like that's what gets me fired up is when you can start to, you know, learn the ins and outs and and see what uh, what makes people really passionate about specific topics. One question for you is when you're doing that research, uh, when you're learning all about dachshund owners in this case. How did you go about doing that research? I primarily used the the Facebook audience uh, tool, the audience insights tool. That was like the key to this whole thing. Is I just went in there and started typing in, you know, the keyword or the you know the the interests and narrowing it down. And you know, as as I looked at the charts and the graphs, I saw okay, well, it's you know, eighty percent of this audience is women. Let's let's you know pick a subsection here and just start working on the, each subsection and drilled down and it just kept going until I got to a reasonable audience. But then the other part that it's a little bit 
trickier is um, I think you need some level of intuition about it. And I, I can't claim that I necessarily have that intuition, uh, but my wife is a very intuitive person, and you know she she's saying, you know, okay, I see the audience you've selected here, but she's like, you know, I really think that your younger audience, the you know that you're picking the younger people aren't aren't going to be your ideal customer here because she's like, you know, think about like people that own dogs, um, at least you know the ones that have multiple dogs are more likely older because you know they're established uh, maybe their kids have already left home that's why they have extra dogs uh, they likely own a home um, so she had some bits of insight that I hadn't really considered and and so I applied a few more filters to narrow it down even further and um, I know like on your um, on your webinar you talked about you might want to start broad and then, then narrow it down so I did that I started with like all age ranges. And then after the second day, it became obvious that my wife was 100% dead on. It was like older women were the ones that were giving me the best installs. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to narrow it down. And when I did that, I mean, it, 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 you know, shot through the roof. It's amazing how also with that type of, uh, yeah, I guess intuition is a good word for it or, or, you know, that kind of reality check type thinking where, um, so I, I'll give an example on uh, a site I have that's all about drones in like 2015, I was doing, or late 2015, I was doing, you know, all sorts of crazy traffic stuff where, you know, you fire traffic over from Facebook and then you'd run like seven ad networks on a web page and you'd optimize the ad networks, whatever, right? Like <laughs> not going to get into the details of it, but the idea is that you want to, get the cheapest clicks you can off of Facebook and then you monetize them on the web pages themselves and you're targeting. And drones are a similar uh, category for men in the sense that there's a lot of young people interested in it, but there's also a lot of older guys who are interested in, in flying drones. And what I, was, uh, what I was finding is that there was a huge difference in, uh, like I, might, I was getting a lot much cheaper uh, clicks from the older demographics, but I was getting much, many more email signups from the younger demographics, even though they were more expensive. And what that really taught me is you gotta be clear about uh, the whole funnel when you're doing these Facebook ads. So, cause when you're doing that research, you may find the person who's gonna click on your ad, but you might necessarily get the person who's going to spend a dollar or $2 on your emoji app, which, is just as important and often when someone might think that they cracked the Facebook ad code but they don't get the, the installs it might be because well you got to go for the second uh, the second cheapest option because they're actually going to buy the thing and that makes all the numbers work yes with uh so you did the research in Facebook audience insights which for anybody out there this is a it's a free tool you can go and on Facebook ads and um, you know, check it out. And it's, it's really, uh, it's pretty amazing to see amazing slash a little, a little terrifying to see how much, uh, how, how well you can target people on Facebook <laughs> through their advertising platform. Uh, and you had this app that the, uh, for Dachshund own or Dachshund emojis, I should say, how did the two of those combine? So when you launched it, what was your, what was your plan or what was your strategy of putting it in the store? 
my strategy was uh, once it was in the store, then I knew I was going to start a Facebook ad campaign. And I, I didn't even worry about the keywords so much, like the ASO side of things. I, I put in as many docs and, you know, docs and doxy, whatever, like, you know, the, all the, all the common keywords, wiener dog, I put all that stuff in there um, as an ASO, but it wasn't my focus because I knew I was going to try this ad approach because um, I was convinced from, from your webinar, just that this is, this is how I, if I can control the people coming to the store, then I can rise up the ranks. And of course, this is all theoretical. Um, and I was, I was telling a, a buddy about this that the, when I got the um, the push notification on my phone, you know, your app is is, uh, is ready for sale on the App Store. Um, my my heart actually sank into my stomach, and I thought, oh crap! Now I actually have to do this. And then what if I fail? Like I was just like, ah, oh, cold sweat. You know, man, I I have to actually do this, and like, and and this is my chance to do it or fail. And uh, so. It was like the very next day, I think, that I started my ad, and um, I, I mean, I had no idea what to write in there for the creative. So I, I had put in uh, something. I think it was like, "Show them how much you love your wiener," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's uh, probably not the best approach." But I did it, and then it was like two installs that day. You know, it cost me like twenty bucks. And I'm like, "Oh man, that's not working. No, that's not working." And I thought, "Well, should I sit on it?" I'm like, "No, this has got to be like way too offensive for some people, especially if I'm targeting uh, older women. They might just be turned off by this." So, I, I changed up the text, and uh, when I changed the wording on it, that I, I, I changed it first thing in the morning, the next very next day, and I just I let it run, and I'm like, I'm not going to watch it, you know, like the stock market. I'm not going to watch the ticker. I'm just going to check it tonight. And then see how many downloads I had, and then see uh, you know wh- where the breakdowns are, and that's what I did. I, I I looked at it that night, and it had significantly improved upon the day before, and then it showed me the breakdowns, and that's when it confirmed. Like this is day two, it had confirmed that sure enough, that younger audience was not converting like I needed them to. So I just cut them off, and then on the third day, uh, it just went crazy i was seeing 25 cent cpis which is cost per install um and i thought oh man i can't have nailed it that that quickly there's no way i mean that this is just pure luck here um so that's when i started cautiously increasing my ad spend and saying is this really gonna hold i mean are they gonna keep buying this thing or is this just a weird fluke and lucky for me it it held Hmm. yeah i i think it's well, I mean, lucky for you, but also, you know, you, you took a very good, very good guess. You did your research and that's, it's, it's a great value prop for someone who's super passionate about something like dachshunds. Uh, I mean, I know a couple of dachshund hunters and they, they freak out at the idea of a dachshund or an emoji and you put those two together and, you know, it's, it's no, no secret that it, it's going to go uh, totally, totally gangbusters. And for, and for anybody uh, who is not, who's never bought Facebook ads or anything, uh, when when you say breakdown, that's the that's there's a drop down in Facebook ads that will allow you to see the breakdown of things like male, female, age, location, device. I mean, it's like everything under the sun. And so, uh, as you as you're going in and looking through your Facebook, that's the, you're just kind of slicing the the segments with with. Uh, with as much as you can. Yep. What, uh, 
at that point, so how much how much a day was that? Was that like 10, 20, 40? How, much, how, how many dollars were you spending a day? Well, the minimum I could start with was 40 because um, it was a newer Facebook account. And I think they, they limit you to 40 there. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I was, and, and that was scary too because I'm like, I, I really don't have 40 bucks to spend. So, uh, I, you know, first day when I burned 20 and got two installs, man, I was starting to sweat. But uh, <laughs> the second day I, I spent the 40 and, you know, it was a, it was more like I'm going to say it was more like eighty cents per install. So you know that wasn't was I mean, it was still you know profitable. So that was good. But um, then on on the third day um, is when I tweaked out the age, and then um, I, I was still at forty dollars, and you know I got the twenty five cent CPIs, and then from there I said, okay, well let's be cautious about this. Um, um, and, and I had read some other success stories in the blue cloud group where people were had, um, uh, you know, done the same thing. And you know, it's like just, okay, well, once you figure out that it's actually holding steady, then you just step on the gas. And, um, I, I actually just opened a brand new credit card specifically for this purpose. And I just said, here, Facebook, put all your you know <laughs> stuff on here. And, and because I knew I needed a, a, a runway, if it did succeed, I'd wanted a runway where I could put money. And, uh, yeah, so, the third or so the third or fourth day I upped it to like 60 bucks and it held. And then I went to like, okay, what happens if I go to a hundred? And then I'm like, okay, what happens if I go to like 150? And then I just kept going from there and yeah. uh, just kept pushing the gas harder and harder. I love it. It, it. I like the analogy you gave earlier too between Facebook ads and the stock market. And I think that there's, <laughs> there's a lot of parallels that I find between, um, the two of those, right? Uh, specifically with, with finance, like more like the day trader types who mm-hmm. are just, they got, you know, the 16 screens up, uh, just watching all the technicals. And also, you know, when, when I, the handful of guys, the media buyers who are doing, you know, really, really big volume, uh, it's the same thing. But similarly, along those same lines is this idea of when it is your own money and you see it going down, it is it is a very strong test of will to, you know, stay true to your strategy and say, I'm going to hold here. I, I got to, I got to see this thing through, even if it's for, for a couple of days and, you know, 40, 80, hundred bucks, like that starts to add up pretty quick, especially when you know you're losing money. Like that's a very hard, uh, very, very hard thing to do. One, so I guess along those lines, one thing I would ask you is, because that is a difficult, uh, it's a difficult hurdle to jump over. As someone, I've bought a lot of Facebook traffic in my life, but for somebody who has not bought a lot of Facebook traffic and they do run that first campaign for $40 on their new account, what would, you, what would, your, what would advice would you give them uh, for like the first day, two days, three days when they're feeling like, oh my God, I need to press pause and, and stop this immediately. Well, I, I guess the first thing I would say is if you haven't done your market research and you haven't vetted this, then you might have reason to be nervous. But um, if you have done all that homework and, and you're pretty confident that this audience is there and that they're passionate about whatever it is you're providing, uh, then you just have to you know, kind of stay strong. I mean, it, it, it's really hard. I mean, even with this thing being somewhat of a success when when my cpi start creeping up 
towards a dollar or, or I mean, you know, they, they go up and down, right? And so as it, it's creeping up, I, I get nervous and I've had to stop looking at my phone because I'm like, man, this I, I want to keep checking it. And I'm like, oh no, it's climbing, it's climbing. And you know, I want to shut it off. And, you know, it's like, you got to avoid that. And uh, I, I don't know if I have really good advice, but uh, I would say that if you've done your homework and you're confident that this is a passionate audience, then then you probably have nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think that that's that's actually really that's, that's terrific advice. I think that I would, uh, if I was going to add anything, it would be like realize that you're learning something, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're basically paying forty or eighty bucks, maybe even one hundred twenty <laughs> bucks, to learn either what doesn't work or to learn. You're going to get a pile of data that you know you can you can you can go through and, and whatever else. But um, yeah, I, I think it's like anything that involves that trepidation in life whether it be you know as, as preparing for a test in school all the way to going and competing in an athletic event but you know if you if you're prepared you walk in with a certain level of confidence and often in business uh and in marketing in situations like this that's what allows people to to come out on top is because they 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 stay the course even when it's like everything inside of them is like, no, get it to stop. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, one, one thing you said that was uh, very important that I didn't necessarily, this is partly the luck of this situation for me, but you had mentioned uh, one of the key impo- uh, components when you're targeting an audience is that they have to be, or you want emotion to be a big part of it. And you had said that and I heard it and it, you know, didn't really super register until I got into the thick of this. And I realized that that was exactly why these people were converting so well is the emotion. I mean, there, there is, you see this, this advertisement for this uh, wiener dog emoji and you're, you're translating that into like your love for your animal. And that's an emotion and it taps something like deep inside people where, I mean, they want it, and, and um, that, reading the Facebook comments, I mean, it's it's incredible to read people. You know how much like they want it, and even when I had it out there, you would like people were genuinely like upset when there wasn't an Android version. You know, when's the Android version coming out? Like, I need this, I need this now. And you're like, man, wow, okay, people are really responding to this thing on a very deep emotional level, and I think that that was the key to this thing succeeding really. And, and if I had um, like, let's say I just done a generic uh, dog emoji and it wasn't very, you know, identifiable, I think it wouldn't have succeeded. And uh, similarly, I'm getting like, I, I put in the option in the, uh, in the app so that people can send an email and then ask for additional emotions or, or dogs or whatever. And I've learned more about dachshunds in you know the last month than I ever knew. I mean, there's so many variations of the breed, and people are like, "I need one that's got white spots on brown and this length hair." And they're like, and then they'll they'll send me a picture of their dog, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, so yeah, people really want it just to look like their dog." Yeah, I bet it it, it is true. The and I think that that's this is a, one of those things in in business and in marketing where it's awesome to be able to use emotion to sell something because it's just a really fun product and it does bring some joy to people uh, in their day to day, which is, is, an, is, which is what marketing and, and really good products and, and pure business should be all about is everyone wins or there's a value delivered to everybody. 
um, versus often when, or at least in, in, in the marketing world, when uh, people talk about using emotion to, to market or sell a product, there's definitely a, an, a, a little bit of a, you know, uh, is that shady or what are you doing? Are you manipulating? Right, right. But in this case, I think that it's, it's totally, it's just tapping into, like you said, it's tapping into that connection and giving people the, the, uh, the, this awesome experience, which is, it's great. Right. I mean, getting those emails is, has gotta be, gotta be pretty fun on some level. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I can tell people, people are sending me pictures of their wieners. I mean, that's awesome. You know, you can't, <laughs> it's awesome. But, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and the thing is I didn't set out with this intent, right? Like the, you know, I, I had heard you say that about emotion, but it wasn't like I, some mastermind scheme of evil. Like it, it just happened that I, you know, landed on that and tapped into that. And in hindsight, I can see it and say, oh yeah, that's obvious. So, so it is a good thing because it's not like I'm manipulating people on purpose. I'm not some sort of evil marketing genius. I'm just some guy. And, um, that, that's, what's great is like, they feel good about it. They download it you know, I mean, there's people obviously that are disappointed, like, oh, you know, I spent a dollar ninety nine on this, and I only got three dogs. I should have had seven. You know, I'd I'd rather spend my dollar ninety nine on a Starbucks. But um, you know, for the most part, people are emailing that they're super happy, and I'm getting pretty decent reviews. So you know, it's 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 a win win. That's awesome. With the, I mean, obviously, as a as a, with a developer background, I'm assuming you did uh, much of the work yourself. With you, so you took the template, um, got the designs done. Did you do those yourself? Yeah. So what I did is um, I went and found some um, stock image sites that sell um, vector stock, and uh, you know, like you know, Adobe Illustrator vectors. And I purchased the extended rights to those so that you can you know go bananas and sell it like crazy. And um, so I took. Two of those images, which which were the kind of the foundation for what I wanted the dogs to look like, and I mean, my wife and I combed through and found the ones that were the cutest or whatever, and um, I just took those dogs and opened them up in Illustrator and just sat down and made, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen variations of each dog and uh, just powered through it. And um, when I was done, you know, I had. I had the artwork um, because I'm a developer. I like to script and automate things. So I've got some special scripts that I can run that will open up the illustrator file and dump out all the layers as individual JPEGs or PNGs or whatever. And I mean, it's all very uh, automated process um, that I've refined over the years because I've done this for like the, the kids games and stuff. So I've got it all automated to do this stuff. Um, and then as far as like the code goes, I did use as the basis of my code was the uh, the template that you sell. But um, I found like, so I'm kind of a perfectionist with code. And I said, you know, this isn't, um, and this is probably a bad thing in the grand scheme of things. Like if I'm actually wanting to focus on building a business and making money, I shouldn't be looking at like the names of the classes or like the variables and saying, oh, I don't like the name of that variable. But I went in and gave it like my whole work over and uh, I, you know, added in a sticker or a, yeah, iMessage sticker app. I, I uh, tweaked it. I downloaded some of the top performing emoji apps like um, Ellen DeGeneres' Emoji Explosion. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, uh, when I use this template that I got from Carter, when I 
when I uh, don't give the keyboard full access, uh, what happens? Well, it, it shows me a, a typing keyboard. Well, what happens in Ellen's app if I don't get full access? And it pops up uh, the keyboard is, hey, you know, you're not quite there yet. You need to go do these extra steps. And I'm like, oh, that's that's way better. That's like, you know, a good onboarding experience. So I just started, you know, looking at these top apps, and then I incorporated their little details like that into my app. Um, you know, it, it didn't take too long. I mean, we're talking like, a, you know, maybe a week of extra nights coding on it. Um, and then, you know, I just, just took the quality to be on par with what the top apps were doing because, I, you know, people are expecting this level of quality. Totally. Yeah, and I think that that's, um, that's, that, that's exactly, you know, the difference between having getting a two-star app versus having a four- or five-star app, right, is, is those small iterative details where you go in and you say, this could be better and, you know, here's what the best in class is and, and I want to make this uh, the best it can be. And I think that that's, that's what allows things, you know, on a, on, a, on a revenue standpoint. I mean, that's why certain apps can buy Facebook ads for five days and some can buy Facebook ads for five weeks, you know, in, or five months or five years because they continue to have that, uh, that high quality of product, which also inevitably leads to a lot more sharing, a lot more people sending to their friends and, and things like that, especially mm-hmm. in these communities of people that are so well connected and they love sending this and tagging their friends. I mean, I'm like, you got to download this, go check it out. Yeah. And that's, that's 90% of my, uh, the comments on my Facebook ad are really just a person will tag their, their friend and say, Oh my gosh, this is so you. And that's, <laughs> that's no telling how much extra downloads you get that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so you have it, uh, you got it updated, you got an iMessage, which means that there's a version that goes into the, uh, Apple sticker store. It's kind of like a store within the app store type of thing, but it's more for the keyboard. Um, right. But it's not sold separately. It's bundled into the same app. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And uh, and then you've launched. And so when you launched this, which was, I guess, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? Like four, January 4th. Okay, so yeah, like a couple, like three or four weeks ago now. Um, have you done any updates or do you have plans to do any updates on it? Yes, I did. Let's see. Well, so the first update was kind of a necessity because um, the ads were so successful immediately that I quickly started rising up the charts and of course when you get that many downloads you start getting um things you're not prepared for so for example the um there's this whole keyboard full access thing so when you install a custom keyboard um, apple throws up this warning it's like it's super scary it's like we're gonna they're gonna steal your credit cards and your bank account i mean it's it's horrifying if you don't understand it and I read a blog post about it. Um, some tech reviewer says, you know, or tech writer says, hey, you know, Apple is writing this as if the the user actually understands the inner workings of how this stuff works, and they don't. So it just terrifies people. And you know, since I'm targeting an older crowd, they really don't understand it. So it's almost immediately I had like one star reviews out the wazoo and people are like, this is a scam. It's they're stealing your credit card information. I mean, it was out of control and I'm like, I'm in a panic, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And so I, I really had to sit down and look at it and, and, and luckily, I was getting people that were sending me Facebook messages to my my business page, and you know, saying, "Hey, it's why is this stealing my credit card information?" And I finally pieced together what was happening. And, and 
So when you first launch the app, the very first thing that happened is it, it pops uh, uh, it pops up a kind of a information screen. It tells you how to install the keyboard. And the problem with that is that it covered the entire screen. And I think your older audience, your less tech-savvy audience, they might not understand the whole pop-up concept and that poking the X makes it go away. And so they didn't quite realize that if you close that window, underneath of it is all the emojis and you could touch them and share them. So they didn't know that. Uh, and then all they, all they see is this instruction screen saying, go install this keyboard. And of course, um, you know, there's a little blurb at the bottom that says, you know, we don't record your information. But when they get to that scary Apple message, they just flip and then like, I'm not doing this. So what I did is I released my first update and I made, I purposely made it so that the, uh, the pop-up window didn't cover the entire screen. It, it, it's, you know, there's, or you can see around the edges, and you can see the dogs underneath of, underneath of it. And I super emphasized the close button so that they would know they could close it. And then what I did is I changed up the intro screen, and it says, um, "Hey, there's three ways to use this app. Uh, number one is right here in this app, just touch the dog. Number two is we've got the iMessage stickers, and then number three is you can in a, all caps optional. You can install a keyboard." And then if you swipe the screen, you get instructions for how to, um, how to launch or install the iMessages app because that's not intuitive to your older audience. And then the third, third set of instructions was how do you install the keyboard. And then I had a big paragraph talking about privacy and you know we don't record it and it's scary, but it's optional, so don't feel obligated to do this. And since that update, pretty much... Everyone's been happy. I'll get an occasional person that's upset about it, but for the most part, that took away that whole issue. That's so good. And I, I completely agree because that Apple message is like, it's like this person is about to destroy your life. So oh, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, what? How, like, how is yeah. this the default message? So, so the, the Android version isn't much better. They'd actually say the same type of thing. Um, because I, I happened to release my Android version yesterday, and uh, of course, you know, you get some of the same complaints, but yeah, it, it's just as terrifying. We did something similar uh, where we we included a an onboarding video to uh, the Golden Retriever emoji app, where it, it was essentially a, a minute long video that said, "Hey, we want to show you not only how to use this, but we want to make sure that um, you know we're not gonna." steal your phone and you know turn it into a surveillance video or you know, nothing's <laughs> happening here right and that that definitely helped our reviews but i think the other big thing that is really great to hear is that you're learning about this by talking to the customers and i think that there's a big uh you know what, what should i say Oftentimes, that when people want to learn about their users or they want to learn about their app, they immediately want to install Google Analytics and Facebook Analytics, and they want to be able to learn everything about these about what these people are doing from data, right? Like the last thing they want is to have to actually talk to anybody and, and hear about what's really going on. But when you get people messaging you or emailing you or proactively telling you what's going on before they get to the point where they're so pissed off that they're leaving a bad review, you can often find, like have these light bulb moments similar to what you said about, wow, this is an older demographic. Maybe they just don't know how to close a pop-up, something that us as app people may already know, uh, you know in depth, 
but that's something that you might not know if you haven't talked to them. So I think that that sort of feedback loop really, really helps, and uh, it's, it's cool to hear you doing that. Yeah, I absolutely uh decided I needed to do that before I launched. So I put, um, when you scroll down to the bottom of the, the page with all the emoji, it, it says, uh, send feedback. And there's a big, you know, a button you touch and, and it pops up the email and it, you know, it has our e- email address pre-populated and it's like, what's on your mind. And then you just, you know, type something in and, uh, have, you know, special subjects so I can, you know, filter on the, on the other side when I get them. And then, uh, a lot of people actually though are, will uh, just take it upon themselves. Like they go back to the Facebook ad where they saw it originally and then click through to your Facebook page because I, I don't give people the link to the Facebook page. At least I might, I might on the app store actually, but um, on like the, the iTunes view, but um, a lot of people end up on our messenger giving us these, these, you know, same level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's definitely, um, I think it, a lot of people also this this brings into this idea. It's kind of like a, a larger idea that's happening in in uh, in the marketing world or in any product world is this idea of who is behind this product. Who is there really somebody there, or is this is this another one of those things? Because everybody at this point has had some bad experience online, whether it be, you know, they had their credit card at Yahoo when Yahoo was hacked or they had their credit card at Target when Target was hacked <laughs> or, or something's happened. And the, I think the, the more we get into this world with more advertisements and everything, the more we can show customers like, hey, what's up? There's actually people here. Like I'm a developer and I'm building this and I'm listening to you and I want to make this better. Like I'm not stealing your stuff. Uh, I think with apps, with websites, with, with products, with, with whatever it is you're building, the more you can let people know that, you, you, you know, there is someone here. I'm not trying to screw you. And no matter what, like, well, you're, it's going to be okay. Like, you're not, you know, you're not losing something that's irreversible here. And I think that with emoji apps, that's, that's a good example of opening that communication channel can, can pay off with dividends. Well, and, they, and to that point, you know, some of the people that have have messaged or emailed me, um, you know, they start off with a pretty foul tone, you know, like, oh, this, why are you doing this? You're a scammer or whatever. And, you know, being polite, um, helping them, getting them, you know, through this, whatever they're having problems with, you, you kind of turn them into champions in a way um, to use, you know, some speak from sales world. But they're, you know, they're now kind of like on your side. And, and I can't tell you how many of these people at the end of, the, you know, the the conversation to like, thank you. This is so helpful. You know, whatever. And then I'll, I'll slide in. Then hey, if you're you know really happy, man, you know, or you know, can you go leave us a, a five star review? And they'll be like, absolutely. And and I've actually helped boost my my reviews that way. Yeah, and that adds up too. I mean that that's a that's that's very valuable over the over the long term with with any app. Mm-hmm. What uh? So what would you say with with Docs and the Docs Emoji app or um, any new app projects, do you have a plan for like the next month or two months or three months, or is it more of a just keep doing what you're doing, improve the product, and and keep hitting the gas uh, while while it's hot? That's the first priority. This is improve and, and hit the gas. Um, I I ended up hiring an artist on uh, Upwork and had my um, 
uh, had another he had a, had him create a dog for me um, because I had so many requests for the the long haired dachshund. So um, I've got that artwork, and uh, I, I just need to push out a, a release. Uh, and, and people are asking for it, and on the uh, so it's it's uh, I think I'm going to do that, and then um, you know just keep keep working the ads and, and seeing, you know, if I can tweak the ads, get, you know, get better CPIs and stuff. Um, but then beyond that, uh, you know, my wife and I are seeing that there is actual real potential here, um, you know, for this to, to make some decent money. So we're, uh, we're looking at, you know, what, what can we do next? Um, and, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, just totally focused on emoji. That was kind of my test. Uh, I wanted to test the Facebook marketing because, from watching your webinar, I was fairly convinced that yeah, this is the way forward because I can I can control things better than relying on Apple's rank algorithm, and and this test proof it, absolutely that is completely possible. And you know now I'm like I'd like to branch out into other things. I, I'd like to look at something. Um, I, I hate to sound cliched, but you know something like a you know let's look at the casino apps and how uh, you know you you monetize the users through in-app purchases and, you know, rewards and, and, and it's a similar concept in that you're tapping into people's emotions to get them to continue using it. So that, that's kind of a interesting challenge I'd like to go after. Um, I don't know if I'll end up doing it or not, but it, it's something we're talking about. Yeah, totally. I think that with an app like, uh, or both the app and with the, the Facebook ads campaigns, like, seeing success once you see it work once you kind of have this moment of okay now i see all the categories in the app store what can i take how can i transfer these skills and these fundamentals and apply them to to new projects that have potentially bigger roi potential than than you know a a paid app as it stands or, or things like that i think you also start to realize is that you've you've kind of taken a, an existing community whether of let's say docs and apps or you know basketball fans or, or whatever you're building the app on emoji app on and now you have a lot of people that are really stoked about a product and they've all been pixeled on your facebook pixel and now you have a bunch of emails and that can start to, to dovetail into all this other stuff now too and uh it starts to open up a lot of new avenues which is which is really exciting but to your point i think that you know if you have something that works and you got some runway to, to work with it, you know, go for it. Right. And, and I might revisit uh, some of the uh, influencer-based emojis as well just because um, I, I still have a pretty good idea of a couple that could – do fairly well, but I, I feel like you know I'm some random guy in Florida emailing these these influencers that they're like you know who's this guy I'm, I get too many emails to read this thing. But if I have a top performing app, then maybe I have a little bit more weight to uh, reach people. Yeah, I mean you're the you're the dachshund king of the app store now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's great, man. I love it. Um, Cool, man. Well, this has been awesome. I, I guess the, the last thing I would uh, ask you is specifically because um, you're in the Facebook group and you, you, you see a lot of the, the Facebook folks and you've helped out a lot of them, which has been awesome. What would you say are the, are the most important, top two most important things 
for someone, if they were going to make an emoji app that's going to make it successful? And also, what is one mistake that you see a lot of people making? And these can be the same, you know, crossover, but you know, what would you, what would you, what advice would you give someone who, who's interested in this? So if, if you're going to go for an emoji app, I, I think that you definitely want to, like I mentioned before, you want the emotion, right? And, and, and that's you, you, so you want to pick something where uh, you're fairly confident that you're going to reach someone on an emotional level. Um, and I don't know, you know, let's say I picked, uh, you know, the the weed app i'm gonna do hemp or marijuana or whatever like you know i think that that's okay but i don't know that you have enough emotion and that could be wrong that's what audience research is for which is probably my second thing is you know pick the something with emotion and then do your audience research um because the facebook audience insights tells you how likely is this group to click on ads and and you know that to me that's somewhat important because if they don't click on ads they're probably not going to click on your ad so I, I would probably focus on just you know make sure you research it and feel confident that it's going to do something, um, and then you know the mistakes. I I, I guess uh, I, f- I feel like people are. I, I see some emoji apps where um, people are hiring artists and. They're just maybe the artwork doesn't necessarily connect with the audience. Um, so, uh, for example, when when I picked the artwork for this particular app, I mean, we combed through like all the possibilities to to find the ones that were like the super cutest ones, and um, you know that that really made you feel like, oh, that's cute. I, I would like to get that, you know. And um, my wife's eye is way better at that stuff than I am, so I, I use her, but. Uh, you know, I've seen seen people post some screenshots before, and I'm like, yeah, that that's okay, but like, it doesn't stand out to me as like, oh, I have to get that or whatever. Um, so I, I would put some focus on the uh, on the artwork, and I know that's hard. Like, if you're hiring an artist to do your stuff, and you know, you hire them, then they send you a picture, and like, you know, you don't have too much control over what they create in the end. Um, that's why the approach I took was interesting because I, you know, I went shopping essentially for the best artwork I could find and then I just modified it. But you could theoretically, um, you know, probably do one of those, um, uh, 99 designs or something, you know, where people give you various approaches to the thing so you can pick a really good one. Totally. Yeah. I think that, uh, that's right on. I think that if you, if you nail, the audience uh, through research and you create a visual connection with them, the rest is pretty much just fill in the blanks and uh, yeah, you'll see some results come through. But the, the, the really important piece is finding, finding those communities, especially uh, people that are, that are barely have a lot of emotion tied to the, that interest. And the good news is there's about, 25,000 of those communities out there. So there's no shortage of, of finding people that are stoked about stuff. Yeah. So Paxton, how can people uh, help you out? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, how, I'll obviously put links to, to your uh, emoji app uh, in the show notes, but um, how else can people get in touch and, and help you out? Uh, so my, uh, my website is hairsquared.com, H-A-R-E squared.com. Um, go there i think i have a contact form maybe an email in there um but uh support at hair squared will definitely get to my inbox if you uh, want to talk to me 
Very cool. I love it, man. Well, thanks so much, and, and congratulations on on your success. It's super cool, and and thank you. Really, uh, thanks again for for being such a, a great member of our community and, and helping so many people out. I know uh, I really appreciate it, and I know that a lot of people do too. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, I was I was listening to these podcasts for the last year, and uh, it's a little bit surreal to be actually on it. So that's uh, kind of crazy. So so thanks for having me on. Right on, man. This has been another episode of the Blue Cloud Podcast. For more information on app development, ebooks, reliable source codes, and more, expand your mobile knowledge by going to bluecloudsolutions.com.